Hey, welcome back to Geek Show Help Desk. What's hey, up? Yeah. I am 100% surprised you got that right. I was not expecting to hear that. I thought you were going to say arcade. Well, I didn't, and you didn't. up yours. So <laughs> <laughs> We all love when Tony screws it up. <laughs> all right, this is Geek Show Help Desk, where we talk about tech, gadgets, and uh, science-adjacent things that are interesting to us. It's usually space stuff, let's be honest. Mm. Um, before we get started, let's introduce our panelists. He's back, back again. It's Lando. Hi, it's Lando. You can find me here on the podcasts. Mainly oh. just this week, only the, the one, this one. It's the best one. <laughs> All right. It's his favorite podcast that he participates in. Uh, let's see. It's a fair Owen. One. Hey. 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 Follow me. Uh, follow me here. Uh, uh. You can follow me on Twitter too, I guess. I'll at Techno, and I kind of had a thing going where I was like not going to pimp my social media, but I yeah, forgot. why'd you why'd you change? I forgot, <laughs> and then my words started coming out, and then I didn't <laughs> want to stop because then they would have said, "Oh, you muted him, but you didn't mute me." Not that and time. Anyway, Owen's dying words will be. You can find me on Twitter at Techno. Yeah. Because he'll just be, be so used to it. I'm just that's it's muscle memory. In mm -hmm. fact, when I get Alzheimer's. Uh, that's what you do to bring me back for the day, like in the notebook. <laughs> <laughs> follow me on Twitter. Hey, Technoan. Hey, follow me there. Oh, hi. I know that place. <laughs> that's amazing. There. And you were there, and you were there. All um, right. It's Jaron. Hey, it's Jaron. And we have a host. His name is Tony. Hey, check me out on the twits, on the tweeters, on the X, at Quad T Tony, or on other Geek Show things. All right, uh, do we have any emails? Yeah. Email. Uh, this one was from a week or two ago, two weeks ago, actually. Uh, we didn't have time in the previous episode. This is from Aaron Langford. He says, just a cool science story from the field I work in. Oh. And it's a story about the first ever successful partial heart transplant. Partial? Yeah. Ooh. I mean, so th this happened over a year ago. Um, baby Owen. Yeah, Owen, I thought this would get your attention. Mm. Um, he was in stage four heart failure at 17 days old. Just like Oof, regular age, that's rough. Just like me, Owen. <laughs> Just like normal. Normally that comes a lot later, but okay. <laughs> okay. I don't Owen's, know how to Owen continue. doesn't have late stage heart failure. It's a, it's a joke. I would be sad if he did. Yeah, me too. I, if he's not here next week, this is on a, you, Tony. It was a, yeah. it was a statement of his... Of the amount of Taco Bell he No, eats. I thought I'd talk to you about it. I really have, like, high blood pressure. And, like, <laughs> my ticker is, they're like, hey, bud, you got to cut down the sodium and stuff. So you're going to die. Don't you tell me what to eat. I'll He's eat what I want. Stage three and a half heart failure. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so this is a partial heart transplant, not a full heart transplant. So what they did was they transplanted functioning heart valves and arteries from a donated heart into baby Owen's heart. Oh, that's hmm. pretty cool. Was yeah. it a human heart donor or was it an yes. animal? At seven days old. Human heart. At seven days yes. old, that's got to be tiny. Yeah, tiny. that's way tiny. Right. Yeah. And a year later, his transplanted valves and arteries are growing with him. Normally, with this type of surgery, he would require multiple surgeries throughout his life. Whoa. To keep him going. Um, but he should not need additional surgeries in the future. Wow, that's super cool. Super cool. Yeah. And this was the first done on a human um, before they did it on piglets. Very cool. Yeah. That's cool that it's growing with him. That is amazing. 
just like an wait. This was done transplant. on a human. Yes. It's, yeah. Baby yeah. Owen. Who's Baby Owen? It's his kid. It's oh, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> oh, welcome to the show, Tony. This is well, the. This to is the my, help desk. In in my defense, uh, Lang has also named chimpanzees and apes after some of us. <laughs> so I thought he was talking about one of his. I'm the uh, one that got his kid, though. Just the, so you know. Yeah, you got a real human name. Mm -hmm. So I mean, kudos to you for that. But uh, like, because I think he has a uh, where where he works is one named Ginger Squatch and uh <laughs> other ones with other names so that's what i thought he was talking about this was the real deal human that's yeah, awesome human named baby owen that's so cool or just owen probably i think it was the probably. baby owen part that made me think that it was like a baby <laughs> chimpanzee oh. anyway well cool very very cool yeah yeah uh got another email from uncle squinky question for lambo hey I also sous vide, sous vide, sous vide, sous -vide steaks. Yes, it's the best. As way. well as a variety of roasts from time to time. Mm -hmm. How long do you leave the steaks in the water bath and at what temp? Also, how do you finish cooking them? To make this hardware related, I have a an old Anova Precision cooker wand mm -hmm. rated at eight at eight hundred watts. Works just fine at this point, but I'm guessing that will need to be replaced in the next twelve to eighteen year months. Do any of you have a preference slash recommendation for sous vide cookers? Oh, this is what this is one thousand percent my question. I love this question. It does say so question much. for Lambo. I know, I know, I know. I'm gonna yeah. ignore the part where you called me Lambo and just just carry on. Um, so I have How the could you hate Lambo. I just I don't I don't I don't care for it. Lamborghini. Um, so I have a Breville. Um, well, it's not a Breville anymore. It used to be Chef Steps. Um, Jewel sous vide device. I had the Gen 1. I was an original Kickstarter backer oh, for wow. this one thing. Um, and it served me well for a number of years. I am also in the boat where I need to buy another one. Um, I am going to buy the new Jewel, the Breville Jewel. Breville is now um, Instapot. partnered with um, Instapot Chef has one. Instapot has one like built into their multi, the pressure cooker, air fryer. Is it not as good having the built-in one that does it through the induction and stuff? It's better to use the wand with You the want the circulator, thermostat. right? So the, yeah, the, that's the so you difference. can control the temperature of precisely. the whole bin. Yeah. It, yeah. So the one I just... have um, sucks water in through the through the bottom and then mm. spits it out through a hole in the top. And if the um, water isn't deep enough in your pot, it'll actually like kind of look like a water fountain. But it circulates the water around your food. I see. Yep. That's that's, that's an important part of the whole yeah. process. Um, and the thing I like about the Breville one or the 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 Jewel device is it the app, the companion app that goes with it is very very good. It'll ask you a series of questions depending on what you're cooking. And there's nothing sp special here to the device, but the app is very good. It's like, how thick is your steak? Oh, it's two inches thick. Cool. Is it frozen or fresh? Oh, it's fresh. Cool. Here's how long it should be in the water for. It can stay in for this long or longer, and you'll be fine. If you leave it in for too long, that's when you're going to start getting the degradation of your food. Yeah, different texture. Yeah, and, and depending on how thick or frozen or whatever you're cooking is, it tells you all that, and it's just thought-free. Um, so to finish, the way that I currently do that is I just I get a ripping hot um, cast iron pan and sear it off that way. However, the downside of that is it does make a, a smoky mess in my, yeah. in my kitchen. Avocado oil helps with that. Because that's a higher smoke point. Um, uh, finishing try, with butter also helps. Peanut oil. Peanut oil is a good one, too. That would yeah. be a good one. Very that's, high boil point. Um, I have had point. on my radar, I want to get a Searzal for like a blowtorch really, really bad. 
that has been on my list of things that I want for a long time. I've never ever pulled the trigger on. Um, but yeah, I think a Sears all will be way dope to finish steaks. What's the biggest thing you've cooked in a sous vide? Do you mm. just do steaks? Have you done a roast like that? I've like done his? a roast, yeah. Okay. They they, just, like they, a, they take like a long, a... long time, and compared to a slow cooker, I didn't see that meant much mm. advantage I... to it. The main thing I cook in my sous vide um, are cuts of meat, so steaks, pork chops, and not just like the stupid thin dumb like half inch pork yeah, chops you think about chops. you want real iowa chops baby like the two inch thick pork chops the real deal those things in the sous vide are awesome because you can't screw them up and pork is one of those things that goes from not done perfect, to done perfect. to overdone yeah mm-hmm. super fast um so the 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 sous vide methodology just alleviates so much pressure on those really expensive cuts of meat yeah um and i don't usually sous vide Steaks, well, it works for all cuts, but the more expensive the cut or the better the quality of the meat, the better your results are going to be. Just oh, see, I've had up. the opposite with with steaks. Really? Uh, yeah. If I do a sir, like a sirloin steak, a leaner sirloin steak, the sous vide uh, is a better option than a barbecue. But if it's like a fatty ribeye, man, the oh, barbecue serious? is so much better. Oh, not right. me. I've had some. But I've had some phenomenal sounds, ribeyes. Sounds like sous vide can upgrade, like poor meat to good meat, good meat to great meat. Yeah, you know, that's exactly what it can do. Similar to a smoker, a smoker yeah, can take same. a crap cut, and uh, I mean that's a brisket. A brisket is is yeah unedible yep. without yeah. doing a super long slow cook. You know, yeah. that's it's why so tough. That it's super tough, and that's why you can get it for three ninety nine a pound. You know, at Costco or whatever, because. The only thing it's good for is a, is a long slow cook. So, yep. um, I have done a I've done a full sixteen pound brisket in a sous vide, and uh, it came out pretty good. So we we did it. Uh, it was me and me and Twyman did this. We uh, I think it was a thirty six hour cook in the sous vide, and did you just like throw water. it. In a, did you just throw it in a cooler? Like yeah, we, I, I took a I took a cooler and I cut a hole out of one of the corners of the top of the. Yeah. Uh, lid and i dropped the sous vide uh unit it's an anova as well i dropped it in there and uh vacuum packed 16 pounder and stuck wow. it in seasoned it and stuck it in there and then after it was like what 18 hours to get that done 36 Ooh. it was a long cook and then after that uh twyman came and picked it up this was before i had a smoker he came and picked it up and smoked it for three hours after that oh i bet that was to awesome. give it a bark it was really good. Yeah. I don't think it was any better than a than well smoked whole, brisket right. the whole time, but right. uh, it was still, it turned out really good. It was still good. Uh, so. The one last thing I will say about the, the Breville Jewel um, device is it is like half the size of the Innova one and just as powerful, if not more powerful. I, don't, I can't remember the specs off the top of my head, but it is like, it's small enough that it'll fit in my, um, in a drawer, like a skinny drawer in my house so it's super easy oh. to store and doesn't take up a ton of space like the anova nice. does so yeah i i can't recommend the the breville jewel enough that's the, absolutely the one i would buy sweet the other thing that uh sous vide is really good for is if you smoke a lot of meat and you freeze it in vacuum seals for mm-hmm. later after you smoke it reheating yeah. it in the sous vide is prime no super good for that yep um custard i've made custard in my sous vide before too what now? Yummy. Yep, you do it in uh, little mason jars. Oh, interesting. Yep. It's real good. So I've done um, 
custard and I've done the the creme brulee where you blow towards the top to get the nice the nice crackle caramelization. Mm-hmm. Yep. Nice. So there's a lot of cool things you can do. Oh yeah. With it, I've seen people. I, I want to try oatmeal. Is kind of on my is one of the things on my list, but haven't gotten around to it. All right, there you go, Squink. Oof, Any other emails? Two hundred fifty no. bones for that Breville Jewel. <clears throat> Sounds right. like it's worth it, though. Okay, let's see. Um, I got a couple of BS stories that I think are pretty interesting. Um, three of them, actually. Three of my five stories are BS. Uh, we also have a few leftovers from CES. Uh, you know, let's start with the Samsung's announcement, though, because. It will only take about about uh, forty five seconds. Hey, I think it's pretty interesting actually. They what? announced the Galaxy S twenty four and S twenty four plus. The end. And the Ultra <laughs> um, has the new Snap Snapdragon uh, Gen three, whatever chips they're called. Uh, they look pretty much the same as last year's phones. Um, not <laughs> much like, on the hardware front. So what but are you excited about here? What they did a lot of is software stuff um they talked a lot about ai of course uh, they yeah. <laughs> they seem to be as much of an ai phone as the google pixel um so you can like move subjects and photos around and have ai fill in the background and like completely erase things in photos um for texting you can write up a draft and then have ai uh come up with different styles you can say, make it professional. Yeah, or... but here's the thing is all of that's done in the cloud anyway. So what do you need Apparently a special it phone for it? Apparently it does it on device. Baloney. Mm. I don't buy that you even for a You think they're going to spend battery second. power for that? Exactly. <laughs> and the amount of compute it would take? No way. I don't buy it for a second. All it is is the, the gateway to the servers. But I, I don't like using AI to change my writing style. If if everyone used this, we would be talking to the same person. You know, the rest of you, our would, lives. you would think. But some that, people need but, it, right, Jaren? But some people need it. No, come I on. I know no. myself. I, I, and a... I want people who don't know how to write to not write well, so I can judge them. Oh, <laughs> that you know what? That's a super good, Jaren. That's a super good point. What would I do if I wasn't judging people's? Weird grammar. Exactly. That's like half the things uh, we use to make fun of Lando with. I mean, it's how I determine. It's how I instantly determine your place within my friends list. Like, like it's how I determine. It's how I determine how I'm going to treat you. Is my, is my, reading of your messages. I'm like, okay, this person's getting filed into so, number four category. To your point, Jaron, uh, me and a bunch of my coworkers, we all use Grammarly, um, to do our writing. And you would think that would make us all sound the same, and I can't tell. Like I use it extensively. Fixing, fixing grammar and that's changing the actual no, style changing. of someone's tone. Yeah, different than the tone for sure. I, yeah, I think have you used Grammarly before? It does all of that. No, this is like it's not oh. just grammar. It changes tone and style, and it analyzes, you know, professionalism and optimism and all that kind does of stuff. Does it have like a you dial? It, like it does all that. Is it yeah. like a seventh grade, eighth grade, ninth grade? Like, can you set your level of grammar? Can yeah, you? So the, <laughs> the question at that point, though, sure. Lando would be how dramatically is it being used by your other teammates? You know, are they using it on a low setting, or are they all using it on the same setting? Are they using it on a high? You know. That that would be the question at that point. That's a good good point. I bet you most people use it at the, the probably the lower setting. See, I I mean, maybe I don't I know. I never change the settings. I, think, I was well. I think it's an issue of pride. You know, 
<laughs> who wants to crank it up yeah. and be like, yeah, yeah, I will admit defeat right here like, can you and turn just it have to this in- do all my writing for me. Like, can you actually get it to, is there a dial that lets you turn it to internet troll? Like, <laughs> no, there, there are different things. Like, right? like make it, make it more casual, make it yeah. super professional, put emojis in it. Add yeah. hashtags. It yeah. has like all those different options. So yeah. how, how um, James was doing all of his uh, social media posts for a while. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> There's yeah. no way that, that is all being computed on the on that on that uh, Snapdragon chip. How's the, uh, so let's what, get whatever. To the, if, what, if you want to die the, on that hill, Tony, that's how about fine. The, how about I'm the not going to die. I will I will live and thrive on that hill. Okay. Um, <laughs> the one cool AI feature that legitimately looked awesome to me was it, they call it Samsung Translate. Very creative. Um, but you can be talking to someone on the phone and you speak in English, it will translate to them in their language. They speak back in their language and it'll translate to you in English. That's very cool. What kind of voice does it use? Um, does it like try to mimic your voice? Oh, that would be cool. That would be crazy. I don't, you would need to have voice data in there. Like you'd have to to train it, read a lot of prompts and train it. So I I doubt you use your voice. You can train your voice in the iPhone. The iPhone will use your voice. It does. Too. It takes like 15, 20 minutes, but I'd, I'd be surprised if, if they used your own voice. I bet those. we're not too far away from universal Star Trek communicators for translation. Or oh, no, we're so close. The, the, the technology is all there. Yeah. Just someone needs to put it together. And... Even with your voice, I bet we're closer than we think we are. Yeah. I think the biggest issue is probably just size of size of compute. Right. Like hardware and powering it, a battery yep. that will be able to keep it going. But just, I bet, I bet five, five, ten years, that's all cheaper, easier, I'm going simpler, with 10. smaller. I'll bet in ten years it will be pretty. Can you imagine what the world would be like without the language barrier? Level. That'd be imagine? awesome. Call I mean, centers. Could you well, think about? Ha- the, but nobody would have to ever learn another language. Well, again? that's the Is problem. I was going to say, think about the amount of trust you would have to put in the technology oh, at that point yeah, to just absolutely. absolutely blindly believe that whatever it's translating oh, is correct. Send that to the if send you, that to the Rod Roddenberry uh, state. We need to have a episode of some <laughs> kind of Star Trek where where the translator gets hacked yeah. and oh, starts saying the, saying the wrong things. Yeah. And it'd be like a soap opera version of Star yeah, Trek. Absolutely. Oh, that'd be amazing. It sounds like a great episode of Strange New Worlds. Mm. But we would need yeah, Riker. It does. We, we would need Riker in it, though, like being Riker in the 80s. Or, yeah, or a good episode. Back, going like season one Riker. Like yeah. we could use this to bring back oh, oh, oh. season one we Riker. We don't need to bring back season one Riker. <laughs> season Come one Riker season is one the Riker. best Riker. Where he just, just ran around trying to put season... it in everything. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Yep. <laughs> I just watched season one within the last couple years. It's terrible. It's hard. It's hard. It's, 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 season one's rough. I'm watching it's, Riker right now and loving it. It's great it. in its own way, though. In its own way, for sure. Yes. Um, beyond that, though, the coolest part to, in the announcement to me was Samsung has agreed to do seven years of Android and security updates. That's cool. Just like Google. So I, I think that makes Galaxy phones extremely viable as... I hope that phones for people who love Android. Yeah, yeah. I hope that starts becoming stable, stable table stakes across the industry, yeah. like long term support. Well, I'm su- I was going to say seven years. I'm surprised they're doing seven years. I would have thought five. Like five. I thought five would be the the number, but seven is yeah. like like back in the day, if you bought an Android phone, you expected to remain on that version the entire time. Yep. yep. Which was just horrible. So yep. that's why Google started. Why people started buying the Google phones. So if Samsung is meeting Google at this and extending Android updates for seven years, it's extremely tempting to get these phones because their hardware quality is 
so much better than Google's. Yeah. Um, you know that the phones actually last a year or two or even more, unlike Google's. Um, cause like even the latest Pixel, I've, I've read of um, hardware issues, and they've only been out for a couple months. Yeah. Well, and what I would really wish, what I really wish they would do, and I this won't happen, but make an easily replace, easily user replaceable battery. If you're going to oh, support the software so for seven better. years, support you, a battery, you're wa- you can swap out, right? Yeah, yeah. you're going to want to swap the battery out after three or four years, I guarantee. Just after that's, two years, yeah, because yeah. that's the which way. Is why, which is why this batteries work. Right, which is why this could just be a PR stunt, right? They know, yeah, we support it for 10 oh, years. For sure. But they know that your phone's not going to last that long. There's an aspect of that for sure. Yeah. But it does mean, though, if you wanted to, you could ride the same phone for seven years and have, at the very least, security updates. You know? yeah. Well, I remember watching, there was cool. a, a you know, Jerry Rig Everything on YouTube. I watched a video. He, he, he daily drove an iPhone for a number of weeks. I watched that one, too. Lo- local guy? Yeah. Um, yep. Anyway, some, there was of his, a, some of his conclusions were bunk, but it was. I, I agree. Yeah, that's I, the point. The point is, he his old phone he was on for like seven or ten years. Like he yeah, was like, I'm gonna go back to this he, old phone that I've respect. had forever. And I remember thinking to myself, he You've was had riding, that phone for that long. He was riding a uh, Google Note 10. Yeah. he's been using or a Samsung crazy. Note 10 for ever since they came out. So yeah, he he uses his stuff, you know, all the way. I mean, at that point, you have to have no battery life, right? Like we, that's just the way that. The, the, I imagine he, he had to have gotten it. the battery replaced. Yeah, yeah. He, he, thing he is, he'll parts open it up for a yeah. living. Exactly, yeah. he'll open up right. put a new battery in. So, um, yeah, that good, good job, Samsung. Seven years, that's great. See, it was interesting. I told you, <laughs> we we definitely had a discussion. All right, uh, let's see. You know what? Let's let's we got the we got the Google AI story. Yeah, let's. Uh, well, we can we can shift into Google AI or we could talk battery stuff because there was a bunch of battery we talked about as well. Choose choose your own adventure. We go on Google AI or Owen, make the call. Battery. Battery. Owen, make battery, the call. Battery, he says. Okay. Go battery. So I've got three battery segments here. First wow. up, n- next level BS. Now this is a battery coming out of uh, China, a company called Betavolt. And they say they have created a battery that runs on atomic energy and will generate electricity for 50 years before it, it needs to be replaced. Beta wait. volt, one I word. Can't wait till VHS volt comes out. And hey, this is standard yeah. wars. nice. Like, so the when you say BS, wars. this is BS as in too good to be true. Uh, definitely. But also BS just stands for battery segment where we talk about batteries. It's a double entendre. Lando. And now Lando right. finally understands why it's called How long have you been doing this podcast? <laughs> Not long enough, apparently. <laughs> I mean, you're like, going to so, strap a, you're going to strap. Is this, well, here's the what's thing. What's the radiation the level? What's the rads so, on this? These are very, very small batteries. Um, they're, they're basically designed at this point to go in very small devices that are going to be, you know, hard to get to and last for 50 years, you know, up to 50 years or the length of the device, but it only produces uh 100 microwatts of power at 3 volts. Ooh, that's not right. a lot of power. So, so it, yeah. so it keeps your so it'll it'll keep your clock on in your in your satellite. This is the that kind of for thing. the clock. For like yep. the system clock and for like yep. things like a that. A digital watch that lasts for fifty years. So the company plans next year to launch a, to launch a one watt battery, and continue to improve and iterate on it. This is what Se- they're saying. I don't Seiko, know if I buy Se- it. Seiko's like, mm, 
finally. Yeah. Our hardware and, will be proven. All we've needed is a battery that can make it run for 50 years. For 50 years. So what the uh, what they're using in there is a nickel-63 isotope that as it degrades, it you know, they have it in there to produce power as it degrades or as it, uh, I guess, yeah, decays, excuse me. Mm-hmm. And uh, when it's done decaying over the 50 years, it turns into copper. It It's half-life. Oh. It, it wow. ends up as copper. Well, that's yeah. cool. And is non-radioactive, so it won't pose a threat to, you know, anything sitting there for years (laughs) and years. Disappointed. Um, (laughs) And they're also researching uh, into using other isotopes such as strontium-90, promethium-147, and deuterium uh, to produce batteries with higher power yields. So those would be, those would also be shorter service lives though between two and 30 years so interesting stuff you know the the concept of atomic batteries and nuclear batteries has been science fiction for years and years a battery that lasts half your life yeah come on think about that if they could if they could produce a battery that is safe and you would just put it in your phone it would come with your phone and you would never have to charge your phone ever oh, again about, throughout the medical, life of the phone medical science medical science too right like pacemaker pacemaker stuff like would yep, be amazing yeah. for stuff like that so i'm over here you know how cool would a phone be owen's like let's let's talk about real world application like, what it really oh, needs to be used no, in tony's right phone's better phone's what about a, like, never i'll never have steam to change deck. my steam xbox deck. controllers again yeah there you go steam uh, a handheld computer or a controller or whatever all that jazz all right so there's one uh now this is uh I have this one labeled as B free BS, as in uh, battery. This is just battery. the S part of that. This is just just a segment. Just a segment about a battery <laughs> that isn't a battery. Um, this is a self-powered sensor. The sword that wasn't a sword. That harvests Ooh, power neat. from the air, basically. Um, now MIT engineers have designed this this sensor that they will be able to uh, use for um, to monitor performance and efficiency of machines in hard to reach places, uh, you know, like in ships engines or train engines, things like that. And what it does basically is it has a little clip that goes around a wire that carries electricity and it just captures the magnetic field that's generated by the power flowing through that electricity and is able to convert it into power for its usage right and it doesn't use a battery it uses capacitors so it's got some high quality capacitors on there that uh, store the energy because chances are that whatever is it's measuring might not be on all the time so it needs to be able to hold a charge in case you want to see what that sensor's information has right when you turn on whatever passes the right the juice it's like recurring check-ins or something like that yeah recurring like, oh, check-ins like, things like that so mm-hmm. um i just thought that was really cool because it's Interesting. basically just captures waste energy you know oh, to, uh, can you imagine this... like a tiny camera that just takes like still frames just yeah. like with a pinhole camera that that's this just it charges up it takes a camera you can take a really long kind of power free long exposure long exposure with with using something like this that'd be cool so is this just energy that's floating in the air no it's invisibly. energy 
Well, kind of, because it works by capturing the um, magnetic field. Because every time power passes through wires, it creates a magnetic field, mm -hmm. right? And so it, it is able to use that magnetic field to generate electricity. Um, so we're not talking the magnetic field of the Earth. No, no, no. The magnetic field oh, of electricity okay. passing over the wire. Got it. All right. So, yeah, really, really neat stuff. Um, it says, uh, researchers plan to explore less energy-intensive means of transmitting data, such as optics or acoustics. And they want to more rigorously model and predict how much energy might be coming into a system or how much energy the sensor might need to take measurements so that they could gather even more data with it. Basically, they're saying kind of the, you know, this is just the beginning. The sky's kind of the limit on what they'll be able to do with this uh, if they continue to pursue it and last but not least um wait a minute maybe uh, i lied i only have two bs's hmm. how did hmm. i get three out of there all right anyway i'm disappointed on. i'm the disappointed last was the least because it was nothing i, I it, you're right jaron hmm. when you're right <laughs> when you're right you're right don't be careful don't tell him he's right no, i'm okay. going to record that and i'm going to play there. it back he had mm -hmm. it he you've seen that screenshot he uses in our super secret slack channel well, all the time some, right all got... the time mm -hmm. you're right jaron yeah uh, all right uh now let's let's move shift back into this is like in, in the choose your own adventure books when you leave your finger on the page that you chose from you look at one and then you go back and you yeah, see where the actually, other one was. Yeah, it's cheating. It's yeah, safe scumming yeah. through our uh, yeah. through <laughs> our choose your own perfect. adventure. Oh, that's perfect. I got I felt that. Mm. Yep. AI features in Google Chrome, Lando. Oh, this is me. Yeah, uh, yeah this is <laughs> yeah, this is you. So Google's, of course, you know, like as is everybody, bringing AI features to your browser, which is cool. But I'm gonna is argue it? that the the features they're bringing. Kind of so-so. Not so cool? And especially when compared to the Arc browser and what they've done. The Arc browser has done some pretty cool stuff with AI. How long before, um, how long before Google takes notice of that and just does snaps what Arc's doing? You know? Or snaps them up. I bet it's much yeah. more likely they snap them, acquire them for lots mm -hmm. of money. Um, yeah. Anyway, so here's what Google Chrome's doing. They're doing a number of things, according to this article. Uh, the first one is they're going to release a new feature called Organize Similar Tabs. So if you're like Jaron and you have... A bajillion tabs open, way more than you should. Me, um, I have three tabs open. This is true, Jaron. I usually no. have eighteen or more. I just tabs assume Jaron oh. seems like a tab person. Actually, Owen, you seem like a, mm -hmm. a multiple. I'm a tab. Yeah. Oh, dude, I'm a tab. I'm a. You can tab. never close, right? Sure. <laughs> so, Oregon, so there, you can group <laughs> right now in Chrome. You can actually group them depending on what you're doing. Um, this is just this is a feature that will do it based off of AI automatically for you. Yeah. Hmm. There's hmm. been extensions that do this. And I have been sorely tempted to do them, but they're work to set up. And so I just. Well, now it won't be. No, AI does the work. Now, that, now it's built in. Um, the next thing. Because no, which... he uses the crappy Brave browser. Oh, uh, good point. I just got, him a, I just got you an invite that for hurt, ARC Jared. today, Owen. You Kinda know switch. it's crappy. It's awesome. It earns BAT. And what, what is that? BAT. It's cryptocurrency. Oh, of course. It. Of course it does. <laughs> Why do we ask the question? We knew what was coming. It's a security browser that I choose how many ads I get. And based on that number of ads I choose to receive, I earn bat for looking at them if I want. I could see that shoehorn from across the room. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Boom. Right okay, in there. So the, the, the next feature they're doing is they're allowing you to customize your browser based on um, generative AI, right? So things like um, 
Midjourney and whatever, those kind of generative, generative image creation tools, mm -hmm. you can say, I want to have a, a, a my my browser look like this mood or this thing, and AI mm -hmm. will create your Ooh, custom neat. color palette and pictures and blah, blah, whatever. I, I personally could not care less about this yeah. feature. I can't wait till you can say, hey, Google, set my mood to green today and have it change everything about your desktop scheme, your lighting. Oh, that'd be cool. I can you know, get on board with that. You could set your whole your whole environment digital and IRL. I'm feeling poopy today. Yeah. <laughs> and everything goes brown. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the, the last one that the article talks about here, which is probably, in my opinion, the most interesting one, is, um, what are they calling it here? Right? Any, anywhere? Right for me? Um, anywhere where you can input text in the browse the browser, so input fields, text boxes, anywhere where you can enter text, you can have, you can ask Google to help me write, blah, or write this thing, right, and Google's AI will help you write. Oh, generative. Uh, generative text. AI writing. Oh, yep. Okay. So, Boring. Yeah, it's, like I said, it's it's the they're all pretty interesting for me. Like these um, kind of the fruits of the AI craze from about four months ago, right? Th like, yeah, this this feels like the the developers or the the product owners of Chrome all got together and said, anything and anything, anything and everything related to AI, any idea, big or small, we don't care, yeah. do it. Yeah. Like four or five months ago on LinkedIn or. Reddit or TechCrunch, it was all AI all the time uh, using. It still is large language models. So th this is kind of the coming to fruition of those no idea too small type. Of yeah, that's what this thing. feels like to me. So anyway, it's 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 Chrome doing Chrome things. Arc still a better browser. Um, Arc is amazing. I love it on uh, I, on Mac, and I I'm excited to, to try to it out on Windows. I use the cheat in the podcast all the time because you can just press Control F and ask questions about the article, and it'll answer them for you. You could be like, "Hey, what's this thing?" or "How much does this thing cost?" or "Summarize this article for me." Yeah, they oh, just added. Gosh, I don't they have just to read the article anymore. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> they just added those AI features like two months ago. It's yep. pretty pretty amazing what they're doing. In my life. And yeah, they're being much more <laughs> intentional and being like, when when AI first started becoming a thing, and they're like, "We want to include AI." But we want to do it in a meaningful way. Yeah. Yep. They have to. I mean, they're in such a giant market, like Titan, a market of Titans with, with Chrome yeah, they, and they got to stand out with quality. I think, they I think you said. I think you mean Titan. What did I say? Mm -hmm. Just just Chrome. Oh, right. The one. <laughs> yeah. What else yeah. is there? Brave, Brave does not count. <laughs> Edge is Edge is pretty good. Mobile Safari on iPhones. There's no other choice. I have a coworker who uses Edge on his Linux machine. What? I know, right? Do other Linux users just completely shun him? I mean, I do. Oh, hey, Microsoft bit. and Linux, they're they're I close him. now. They're WSL, they're man. Yeah, they're I told him. Like, this feels like an unholy matrimony of of doom. Like this I, is this is just bound to go wrong. I will say this about Edge: when they switched to the Chromium engine and overhauled everything, yeah. I like it enough that I use it at work. I use Edge yeah. for all my work stuff. They have cluttered it so much since then. That's though. not wrong. And so I, I don't use it. I used to use it exclusively, but not anymore. It's pushy it's now. So it's pushy. Cluttered. And it's pushy. It tries to get, it's like, oh, hey, 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 your Microsoft account. Hey, hey, hey. You want to use Copilot? You should use Copilot. Please yeah. use Copilot. Yeah. You want to use Copilot? Here's and how you use Copilot. what's annoying, though, if you use non-Google browsers, Google is freaking pushy yeah, on using also. Chrome mm -hmm. when you visit like Gmail or 100%. YouTube. It's so annoying. Yep. All anyway, right. That's Google AI. 
Cool. We'll, we'll see. We'll see how that pans out. Um, all right, Jaron, tell us about uh, poor old J.P. Morgan and their oh woes. Did you this find a way was... to, to, to sneak a banking article in here for us? He did. No, th- this feels more like an Owen article to me. They like have this. 45 yeah. billion cyber attacks a day. A day? A day. <laughs> 45 yes. billion with a B. imagine being on that security that, team? And that, that's pretty much the, that's it. It was just mind-blowing. Um, it says the 45 billion per day figure measures numerous activities, not just hacking attempts. Well, um, the other interesting piece of data is it's doubled in a year. This is wow. twice as many as they were getting a year ago. Yeah. Wow. That's Examples crazy. of activity can include user logins, like employee virtual desktops, scanning activity, which are often highly automated and not targeted. Um, they spend $15 billion on technology every year and employ 62,000 technologists. Many 62,000? With what? many focused solely on combating the rise in cybercrime. And yeah. so that is, they say we have more engineers than Google or Amazon. Why? Because we have to. Wow. That's bonkers. And you don't hear about this, right? Well, they don't want you to know about it. I that. know. It's like, I guess they're doing a good job. It's yeah. crazy. They don't want you to know how tough there is because for some people, that's an invitation. To like, oh, I'll show you how tough you are. I'll break in, you know? Yeah. So crazy. All right. And then uh, uh, t- this this is really interesting too, Jaron. Tell us about the uh, vaccine for cancer because we see stories like this come up occasionally ever since the mRNA stuff took off. Yeah. And reading the article, it sounds like it could actually happen. They are wow. in phase th- stage three trials. Amazing. For a potential cancer vaccine, and this can this this type of vaccine is very different than other vaccines. Um, it's it's tailored to the specific person and the specific cancer, right? And to the specific cancer, yeah. Wow. Um, so it's called a tumor lysate particle only vaccine. Um, it uses a person's tumor cells to identify particular parts that are then presented back in the body using the vaccine to tell the body to, hey, attack this. This shouldn't be there. Um, And so the most common side effects were redness or pain at the injection site, fever and fatigue after the injection, similar to other vaccines. I was going to say, it's a flu vaccine right there. That is a billion times better than chemo. (laughs) Ten billion times better. Yeah. A billion is bigger than 10 million. How effective has it been billion? so far? 1 billion, 10 billion, 10 billion? Oh, I thought you said than... million. <laughs> no, billion, 10 billion. Gosh, dang it. Uh, Why do we argue about these little stupid nonsense, Jared? <laughs> um, so, so the most recent data presented showed nearly 95% of people given only the vaccine were still alive three years after starting treatment, and 64% were still disease-free. Um, big numbers there. Yeah. Um, and among the most advanced forms of melanoma, um, disease-free survival after three years for people stage three was 60% in the vaccine-only group compared wow. to about 39% in the placebo group. So if you're at stage three, obviously you want it corrected earlier than later. And That's so, a rough, um, that's a rough the, study to do. Like, the effectiveness. I was going to yeah, say, seriously. what if you're part of the placebo group? You yeah. think you're getting oh, cancer that's treatment? A rough, that's a rough study not, to get into. Yeah, yeah, I'd do it, though. I'd do it in a heartbeat. Yeah, I would not. Are you kidding me? If I had cancer, I would not participate in a clinical trial where I could get placebo because then you lose any time. You're, not, you're no you better off. 
you're worse off because you've well, lost, you've lost time, time that you could be treating yeah. with so, conventional methods. It, listen to this next this one. The, 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 Disease-free survival for those with stage four, which you're pretty much dead no matter what, um, was about 68% in the vaccine-only group and zero in the placebo group. That's wow. huge. That's, that's a gigantic that's a, number I mean, in the vaccine a, world. Yeah, that's yeah. an insane amount of difference. Yes, and this researcher gave his own father this vaccine ten years ago. Oh, before wow! Any, before any of these trials, talk um, about dog like fooding, that's, dude. That's yes. got to that's got to be a great movie one day. Right? Yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> right, right. 100%. So it says Polk's own father, the researcher, was told there was no treatment options left for his lung cancer. That was more than ten years ago. He's his like father holding- opted to try Wagner's cancer vaccine and lived yeah. ten more years before dying. That's his, huge from, from something unrelated to cancer. What? So his so, so his so his son was like, "Hold on, hold my beer." This is yeah, that's exactly. That's so cool. The doctors can't fix it. I'll fix it. I'll yeah. fix it for you, Dad. And yeah. he did. I got this. <laughs> that's I a great. Got it. Wow. Yeah. Let's go. That's so cool. Yeah. Th- Wait, that's... Polk, Polk was the president, whereas the researcher was um, Wagner. So, okay, but real yeah. time yeah. correction there. Polk, yep. Polk uh, believed in that enough that he let Wagner use his dad as a guinea pig ten years ago. No, he let. So Polk believed in Wagner's solution enough that he let Polk's own dad to. That's do... what I said. Yeah. 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 Okay. <laughs> Take. <laughs> At least that's what <laughs> I thought I said. I don't know. <laughs> um. Cure for cancer. Isn't that freaking cool? That's freaking amazing. All right, uh, Owen, I saw this article today, and I was going to put it on the notes, and I forgot, so I'm really glad you did. The HP article. Oh, man. These guys can't, <laughs> they can't, they can't get it right. So you guys remember HP Gate a while ago where all of a sudden people's printers started breaking? Yep. And it was random. They're like, oh, man. But it was because of those chips if you buy a refurbished or a refilled toner, they put a new chip on there that is not HP OEM. Yep. Not the OEM HP chip. And HP found out, hey, we can detect that. And we can send commands to the printer also. And so they made it so that it it didn't just say, hey, you've got a non-OEM printer. It shut the printer like down and broke them so they wouldn't print. Well, here they are back again, taking a page out of Apple's book, saying how they know better. They know safety. <laughs> they know safety better. And they're like, look, we pr-. like they, um, it's, it's almost like they're calling themselves out to prove their own point. But they said, we have seen that you can embed viruses in the cartridge. And through the cartridge, the virus can go to the printer. Oh, and then from goodness. the printer, go to the network. And that frightening scenario could be what could help explain why HP thought it, that it um, was hit this month with another lawsuit from Dynamic Security System uh, because it's deploying that still to its printers. But basically, they're the ones that proved that they could do it, and now they're saying, "See, it can be done." So you need to make you need to allow us so that nobody else does this to force people to use OEM printer cartridges yeah. on their system. That's how you know it's safe. Um, So it says dynamic security, which is their, that's their solution. Uh, Print uh, prevents, stop HP printers from functioning. If an ink cartridge or toner cartridge, I assume uh, does not have an HP chip or HP electronic circuitry. Um, 
and it it what it does is it issues a firmware it doesn't just say, hey, I'm not going to print. Toner are not there or whatever. It issues a firmware. No, they already did that. Yeah. Saying the, HP issued a firmware update. Oh, they did. Yeah, that HP. caused them to They caused this to block printing. Yeah. Um, I Sorry, I was reading that wrong. But so so there's a, and there's a whole, uh, there's a lawsuit um, going on about this already that, because people are like, you just interrupted the free market, you know, like, like I now have a device that you didn't sell me saying I could only use OEM toners and now I have to use OEM toners. And so there's a big class action lawsuit um, going on right now, but they're basically saying, look, look, we, it's been proven. We have, we have seen, which is basically like we proved yeah. that you can send malicious code to a printer, therefore across the printer to the network and to systems on the network. And we think that in order to stop this, we shouldn't have to, we shouldn't have to comply to this um, third-party aftermarket chip lawsuit because we're just trying to help protect people. We're just trying to make it safer out there. This okay? is for your no own side, good. No side-loading toners. Yeah, okay? this is for your own good. This is for so your own good. We know better. Dismiss this lawsuit because it's. And I and I get it. We're that, doing that, this for it's you. not. It's not. It's it's not an invalid argument. But if you're worried about that, buy OEM toners, right? Like. Yeah. If you have to have that type of that Leave it level up to of the security, consumer to choose. Yeah. I mean, they need to be informed, maybe. Sure. But so they could send a message. But that still hey, feels like a boogeyman argument, you know, like, oh, oh true. watch out. Yeah. Yeah. And so. I, all they would have to do, I think HP to, to, to play nice would just be like, hey, look, you're not using OEM toner. They can say that. They can say, hey, you're not using a genuine toner. That's actually a cool thing because there's probably a lot of fraud out there sure. from people saying this is an OEM toner. So there's no problem with HP detecting, hey, this no, isn't actually you know. an OEM toner. And, and, and then be... sending a link, like an HTML, yeah. hey, go get educated. A, a QR code that could easily pop up on your printer's display to learn more, sc scan this QR code, and it takes you out and tells you the difference between third party and let the consumer decide in that way. I know that that... Nice totally scares all the people that have to support their grandparents and, and older <laughs> aging parents, IT needs, but you know, and the corporations obviously have the choice. They know security engineers, know, security teams know, Hey, put in a policy. You were only allowed to install OEM, OEM HP stuff, or just don't yep. buy OEM, HP printers. I don't know. Indeed. <clears throat> indeed. All right. Uh, let's see. We can uh, we can hit that one next week. All right, Jaron, how interesting is the Rabbit R1? It's I want to last... talk about this one. This is cool. I almost put this on. Oh, sorry. Well, let's do it then. Let's do it. <clears throat> this was announced at CES. Um, finally, getting to the scraps of CES, in my opinion. Uh, the Rabbit R1 so. is like a little AI-powered smartphone. It looks. Do you guys remember the Playdate? That yellow yeah, little like play date game boy with, with, with the crank. It's designed by Teenage Engineering. Yeah, it's one of my designed by design design by companies. The, designed by the same people, but it's a different company. They just no, hired it's Teenage, teenage Engineering. Yeah, they hire Teenage Engineering. Yep. Um, it's an AI-powered gadget that can use your apps for you. What does that mean, you may ask? Well, I don't think anyone knows. <laughs> yeah, what does that <laughs> this mean? This is like the humane AI pin. Remember that wearable pin that was like you press the button and it like projects on your yes, hand? Yeah. This is the same exact kind of idea as that. Except it has a screen and a tiny little device uh, to display what you ask it. So it like has a my phone? 
Yeah, yeah, kind of. Wait, it has what? Um, 128 <laughs> gigs of storage, 2.3 gigahertz MediaTek processor, four gigs of memory. So not much memory in there. Not a very RAM? good processor either. Or is that RAM? I, I don't know. It doesn't say. Yeah, um, but it offloads to the cloud, it's Tony. Four gigs. Die on, your, die on your hill, please. No, this is like streaming to your phone. This is the same thing as... Yeah, as yeah. That's it's what like I mean. So the, the idea this is... just another um, way to interact with it, AI. Yeah, it runs exactly it something is. called Rabbit OS, and what you do, you go onto their website, you log into all the services you want it to basically mm-hmm. interact, interact with, with. Um, and you can use this device to have it run commands on those apps. So the, the example they give, you'll be like, hey, first of all, go to a software called Photoshop, open it, grab your photos here, make a lasso oh. on the watermark and click, 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 click. This is how you remove watermark. It oh. takes 30 seconds for Rabbit OS to process, Liu says, and they can automatically remove all your watermarks going forward. It's like a physical Zapier. It's like the, the linkage between... Oh, yeah. Like, That's you good. Know, so you could like make some yeah, zaps. You yeah, kind of. And hmm. they're not calling it a large language model. They're calling it a large action model. So they're yeah, saying it can that be more than talk, I guess. Humans have trained it to interact with apps. Yeah. So it can like recognize a settings button or stuff like that. And or so like my, you just t- you just took this fo- stock photo. Would you want us to remove the watermark? <clears throat> and you can it can see that and automatically take an action using an app that you have installed on your phone and have linked up. That's so. That's so my question is if a if if a company. Uh, redoes me. redoes their UI. Is it going oh, to throw yeah. this off? Are you like, screwed? Right, because Google does that pretty frequently, time, actually. Yeah. Um, but it's an uh, interesting device. Like e- even this Verge article, they're not exactly sure how it's going to play out. Um, I'll say it does physically look neat. It does. The design it's, language on it is very interesting. The the teenage engineering design language is one of my favorites. They do I some do really love, cool stuff. I do mm. love teenage engineering. They make awesome yeah. stuff. They make a lot of music music stuff. Yeah, use a lot cases of music they, stuff. The use cases they list here are pretty cool too. Like uh, ordering a car. You know, if you've got a set grocery list or things you buy every week, you can do that. It logs into the app, does the order for you, makes yeah, but, the payment. But who buys the exact same things every week? You'd be surprised. You just end up buying a lot of the same things every week. I buy oh, yeah, the same a lot, stuff. A lot of the same things, yeah, but... I buy the same stuff every month, I think. Like, you eat the same thing every month? Oh, yeah, for oh, sure. Oh, if I could get on a weekly rotation for dinners, I would... If my wife wasn't against it, I would do it so fast. Like, We're every Monday is automated. this. Every Tuesday is yep. tacos. Every Wednesday is okay. this. Okay, all right. Over I, and over again, forever. I just automate that, and I could stop thinking about oh, dinner. Even I if, have to feed my face every day of the week. Even if you could, <laughs> even if you could set that to, a like, a minus one slider, right? And this so is the person we, we, we trust about cooking steak and a sous vide. <laughs> we found... Someone who, who hates food. We found someone... I don't someone. hate food. I hate coming up with ideas for dinner every... Dang day! We oh, found uh, one of uh, we found one of Lando's uh, triggers. Yeah, I love cooking. I just hate planning out the meals for yeah, the we week because we, we can't better wrap this up. Meals every week for we some better, damn reason. We better wrap this up. He's got to go. Yeah, we got. We better wrap it up. He's got to go get that. He's got to go plan for next week's meals. Yeah, into one a lot of work. The time I spend thinking about what to feed my face every day is insane. Okay, I'm done. Hmm. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll follow this and see if it goes anywhere. It's, it is yeah. interesting at the least. They're already sold out of their first run of 10,000 units. It's $200. Um, the price so, is okay. Yeah, the price, the price is, isn't is terrible. not bad. Yeah, it's not For bad. a teenage I, engineering product, the price is really good. because I, I still have no idea how this would work in practice. It's basically an app for your apps. And like, do people actually need this? I don't know. Yeah. We'll see. 
All right, I have two quick uh, CES scraps to go over. We've talked about this device in the past, and it is pushing forward and becoming better, and we'll hopefully see consumer-level usage pretty soon. It's a solid-state active cooler from Frore. We've talked about this before. It's basically the... Uh, it's a cooling fan without a fan. And you can slap it on something like a... a battery uh, without a battery, a fan without a fan. I know, that's what I I'm about this sensing episode. Sensing a trend. It's got a trend here. So it, it it's its own heat sink and air movement device. You can slap it on a... It'd be really good in laptops. You can put it directly on the chips, on the different chips. What is it cool used it. to make mechanical cooling? Uh, we've like, talked about that in the past. Uh, I'm trying to remember what it is, but um, it doesn't have any moving parts is, is the thing. Huh. It does something that moves air. Oh yeah, we have talked about this. We've talked the past. about this. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So this is their new version, the the oh, Airjet Mini Slim. Airjet. Slim, and uh, basically, it uh, is going to be really good for very small, slim devices, as well as. Um, oh man, this is be great in phones. Yeah, for other, phones other and small things like gaming that. handhelds. Stuff exactly, like that. and if they can. If they can, you know, build it up or whatever, scale it up, it, it could be useful on anything. It'd be, it's, it'd be really good for uh, solid-state drive cooling and because yep. that, that's a big issue with the PCI Express 5 solid-state drives. Um, but, yeah, they're, they're just making smaller and, uh, you know, better versions of, of this device, and they showed off the latest one at CES this year. This was really cool. It has a self-cleaning mechanism. Right. So... You can have it just hit reverse, and it will expel air out the other end, and blow all the dust away that's inside of it. That's cool. So to pig to piggyback off of that um, new heating technology that is probably ten twenty years away, uh, it's called thermal transistors. Ooh. And I've been sitting on the story for a while, but but it, it relates to what you just said. Um, so transistors that is what has brought us into the information age. Uh, They've been around since the 50s, I think, right? Uh, well, transistors have been around, yeah, a long time. Maybe longer than that. Uh, yeah. I'll look while you talk. So transistors basically uh, manage the flow of electricity, right? So you, And it can be one or one, two of two. It can be a one or a zero, so two states. Um, and that is basically how, oh, in 1947, 1947. is when electrical transistors were invented. Binary, right? Yeah, binary. Um, the they, they act language. like switches, two terminals through which electricity flows, um, plus a third terminal that controls the flow. And our chips now have billions of transistors yeah, on them. Yeah, that's all it is. Tra just billions yep. of transistors in there. Yep. On, off, on, off. And so to piggyback off of that dream, we now have thermal transistors. And the idea of thermal transistors is just as well as normal transistors can control the flow of electricity, thermal transistors can control the flow of heat. Hmm. Um, That's cool. Which is kind of crazy. The way they describe it, which makes no sense to me, their technique takes advantage of the bonds that form between atoms in a nanoscale channel of the new transistor. These bonded atoms are held together by sharing their electrons, and the way these electrons are distributed between them affects the strength of the bonds. This, in turn, influences how much heat can pass through the atoms. So they're able to control the heat on a chip just as well as the electricity is controlled on the chip. 
Oh, crazy. That's wild. Yeah, so obviously make, this has it lets a you, lot. Just like any other thing with processing speed, that allows you to tune the temperature to anything you want, right? Yep. By adding yep. more transistors, you just say, I never want my chip to go over six degrees Celsius, right? Like right. turn it, turn it yep. down. That's so cool. What the heck? Heat management, heat processing, and they're saying new computing paradigms will result as yeah. from these thermal transistors. Um, wonder how they performance. There's always a, you know, the law of thermodynamics, right? Like, well, what's the performance hand trade off? Yeah. And there's controlling the temperature that way. A spot right here that says, uh, it, it includes preventing overheating, which we would yeah. assume. Oh yeah. It also, could be like an insta stop. Yeah. Also recapturing the way the, the heat and reusing it for other energy purposes. Yeah. So imagine a GPU or CPU that if it didn't have a fan on it would, get well past the boiling point. Oh, yeah. Capturing that energy, it'd make... Make, it, make a coffee warmer on the top of your PC. <laughs> well, no, you, it, if it you would, had... it'd make the devices so much more efficient. Exactly, because yeah. all the, all the uh, power you lose that's converted into heat could be put back into the computational aspect of, of the chip running. That's crazy. So incredibly precise control of heat from thermal transistors. Yeah. Awesome, right. right? Very awesome. Neat. All right, and last but not least, uh, you've had a s article sitting here for a while, Owen, and we hmm. probably should have talked about it uh, before because it has to do with TikTok and your oh, rights. It is, it is, it is old. TikTok. This is a quick one. So TikTok update updated their terms um, quietly, mind you. Of course. Well, yeah. Because because what you're doing. Um, is now in the terms you're waiving your rights to sue over anything that they've done in the past. In the any past, past any past harms, anything is like so. Basically, legal? they're they're starting to what they what they see <laughs> in, in the China future. What they see in the future, I can is that child data has been sold because TikTok was the wild west for the first oh, yeah. for for its for in its beginnings. Anything and everything was on there. They didn't have enough people monitoring it. There was no moderation. It was direct to end user. So it was like creator to 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 person, like um, instantly, right? And it still is for the most part. But now they've got filters in place, and they were. It was didn't matter what they were talking about. Didn't matter who was posting. Minors, who cares? Like if they had an account, they got. Doesn't matter how they could you could get on there and create content and they see on that pretty this, I mean, at least to me, this signals that they see on the, on the horizon that they could get, there could be some pretty heavy lawsuits um, coming in. And so basically if you didn't quit TikTok before now, and you just signed it and you have any type of lawsuit pending or your type of any type of class action that comes up when you, if you're still using their app, you forfeited the right to sue them over anything that has happened post or pre that date of when they changed their waiver. Why, why didn't lawyers think of this in the past? I know. Let's just <laughs> add something to the product that, that you can't sue us anymore. Clause <laughs> right. in there. Yeah. Right. Well, they, it's because they're still easy. giving you, they're technically still giving you a consumer choice. You can choose to never use their app again. I did that. And you can choose to never use their app again and then fine. Yeah. You can sue the pants off them for whatever damages, but if, but they know how, I mean, you know, TikTok is a dopamine reservoir. I mean, oh, it's, yeah. it's instant hit dopamine. Hit just like it is just, that's one of the swipe. reasons I deleted it. <laughs> it's so bad for me. Like I, I had to create screen time 
controller like thing <laughs> for <allows>. yourself <laughs> mm-hmm. where i'm just yeah, like hey, hey, hey. and even they do they know this about themselves too and i t- can't tell you how many times i dismiss the hey have you been scrolling instead of sleeping it's literally from tiktok <laughs> they have those built in and there's different versions of it and i'm just like don't tell me how to live my life and i just keep going you know anyway so yeah if you if you use the app you forfeited your rights to to sue over some sort do of do you past listen harm. to yourself though like no, I don't. Do you, tell your, t- do you tell yourself, don't tell me how to live my life, Owen? Oh, I no. thought Jaron was asking, do you hear yourself? Oh, no. <laughs> you know? no. no. Do you hear yourself it's, right now? It's no. them. <laughs> oh, but when my screen time's coming up, do you mean? Do I mean, yeah, like, don't, yeah. Oh, uh, no, I stop then. I, I really? do stop then. Oh, or I turn them off. <laughs> or well, it, it reminds me of back when, the, back when the Wii first came out. You remember. Uh, um, all of a sudden, people are seeing these warnings after you've played for like an hour. It says, "Hey, you've been playing for a while. Maybe Go it's time a, to take a break." Yeah, <laughs> it's Go like a nice. drink, touch what? grass. <laughs> Go touch grass. Yeah. So anyway, it's just what an interesting way. Knowing the addictive properties of your app, knowing how widely used it is, it, and they probably have that data because they're like, oh, user so-and-so is putting in a request and suing you. They have your information. So they know that if any lawsuit comes up, they just go look <coughs> at the database. They say, okay, John Jones is actually user this. And they go, wait a second. Even though he's suing us, he's still using the app. Well, let's just put that into our terms of service. And the lawsuit no goes away. Yeah. Put yep. into EULA. We learned that from, we learned that. Then we learned, nobody reads the EULA. So that was one of the best episodes of Black Mirror mm. uh, this last season. Going <clears throat> with Annie, uh, what's her name? Annie Murphy. And go watch that if you haven't seen it. I think it's like, oh, I've heard about that episode. It's super good because it's all about like the terms and conditions of, of uh, applications. Right and or at least one specific application that they're talking about on. I think I think it was Netflix was the application. <laughs> anyway, I wonder when that's going to come to a head and somebody's going to be like, "You can't make people agree to that," but like, but they are. They're clicking through. They had the chance to read it. They just yeah. didn't. It seems like a crossroads deal, right? Like with the devil. Like it. He he just didn't read the contract. I gave him what they wanted. The people give the people what they want. Yeah. Well, that's I all just, over in uh, yeah. Baldur's Gate three too. Yeah. With Missouri. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, oh, interesting. Very interesting method to to kind of mitigate their risk of their early days. I guess. Yep. Indeed, indeed. All right. Well, that is it for today. Thank you for making it to the end of the show with us. Thanks for downloading. Before we sign off, big shout out to our awesome Patreon backers. Patreon.com slash helpdeskarcade. And uh, we we appreciate any donations there that help keep the podcast on the air and provide a little bit of a few shekels for us to review some things now and then. Uh, If you donate $6 a month or more, not only do you get access to the ridiculous in-between section of of our show, you also get get a shout-out on the air, which Jaron has for us right now. Big shout-out and thank you to David Broshinsky, Connor Keesaw, and Wiffleball Tony. Charlie Holmes, thank you. Dr. Eggman, Andy Bird, be the eight-year-old, eight-year-old. Dr. Eggman. Ooh. Travis Johnson by Geek Show Arcade Help Desk stickers at Pie Man Graphics on Etsy. All proceeds go to Lee George Cade's medical bills. Landon FTW. Yeah, no name, buddy. no color. 
Kesslow, Eric Steinman, Eric Cruz, Owen has Tech Cred plus one. Oh, plus one. Matt <laughs> Nelson, Harry Patch, Josh D, Adam, Aaron <laughs> Faulkner, good. Stuart Lloyd. I don't I don't drive faster than I can see. Ryan M and Adam Hecht. Thank you guys. All right. Thank you so much, Patreon backers. It's Robotnik. It's not Dr. Eggman. Don't listen to Sega's freaking ridiculousness. It's still Dr. Robotnik. Okay. Anyway, rant over. Owen. <laughs> it's not your turn. Nope. nope. <laughs> I'm so used to that being Owen's turn. All right, Lando. That's it for this episode. Take us out. When your computer asks you to press the any key to continue, don't bother looking for that key. Just call your favorite tech friend. Be an end user. <laughs>